You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Um, we are going to be in the book of Colossians. We are closing out Colossians over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we got one more section here, but I know it's going to take me more than one week, especially with the, the, uh, the little bit later start tonight as well. And uh, Ryan, do you got a picture? Do we have a picture of that uh, that I sent you there? Let's. Uh, all right, that's a championship uh, ring right there. Uh, Ryan was reluctant to put it up there because it has Home Depot there on the side of it. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's it's a 2005 Nextel Cup uh, championship ring, uh, and. Uh, how many, how many of you have you have ever heard? You see a name on the side of it, and the name is Kirkman. How many have ever heard of Nathan Kirkman? All right, Nathan Kirkman. All right, well, that's Nathan Kirkman's ring. Uh, now, and again, I, I know with this crowd, maybe it won't be the same, but, uh, but there are some of you that hadn't heard of Nathan Kirkman that have probably heard of Joe Gibbs. Anybody? Joe Gibbs, famous Redskins coach, uh, also uh, NASCAR owner. Uh, and then also, how about Tony Stewart? Uh, Tony Stewart, Smoke. Uh, you know, famous uh, NASCAR driver as well. Um, he actually, <laughs> I think I heard somebody say boo. Uh, well, uh, you know, he, he just, he was racing down here at Park Jefferson a couple years ago. Uh, that dude just loves to race. I, that's one thing that's kind of interesting about him. But, um, but anyway, I, I say all that because in 2005, Tony Stewart won NASCAR's Cup Series uh, championship for Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, when it came time to celebrate, uh, Joe Gibbs paid for the entire team to come up to New York to receive their rings for a big banquet, all right? So obviously, as you would imagine, uh, they invited the pit crew. But now Nathan, he wasn't a part of the pit crew. Nathan, by the way, is a church planner uh, out west. I believe he's in Idaho. Um, uh, but Nathan Kirkman's a church planner out west. But, uh, but they, invited, they also invited the machinist, which that's what Nathan Kirkman was. He was one of the machinists, one of the mechanics that worked in the, in the shop, that headquarters. Uh, so they said, you know what? Not only do the people that are in the, the pit crew, they had a part in this championship, but obviously the dudes that are making the parts uh, that they're having to be able to switch out, we want to invite those. They're all going to get a championship ring as well. But if I remember the story correctly, they invited everybody from the people that sweep at the headquarters, got invited, got a championship ring. And I remember he told me that story a number of years ago, and what it reminded me of is the acknowledgement of people, maybe that you've never heard of, that's played a big part in history. And, and the title of the, the, tonight's message is Shout Outs from Paul. Shout Outs. Paul gave some people some shout outs. Now, so for instance, we all know the book of most of us anyway, know the importance of the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians, but we never really stopped to ask ourselves, how did the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians, Paul wrote these while locked up in a Roman prison. How did they get from Rome to modern-day Turkey? Well, we're going we're to learn about one of those guys tonight. We, we, we uh, know or we have learned a little bit how about the, the significance of the short letter of Philemon? One of the most cultural revolutionary uh, epistles written considering the context of the ancient world and slavery. 
Philemon was a vital book. But we don't think and consider the courage it took for a runaway slave to return uh, to his master that he ran away from carrying this letter uh, from the Apostle Paul to Philemon. We know that Paul was able to uh, write up, to, to continue to work and write, write up until his execution. He had a lot of physical ailments, but he was able, up until the time of his death, he was still writing and writing the Word of God. We, we know that, but we never stop to think to ourselves, and we never stop to think about the man who was there helping to keep him well. We never think about the doctor, the physician that was there helping him through all of this. We know, for instance, that there was a church in Laodicea, but we don't stop to think about where they met, where they met. We know that they, uh, that's a church of infamy, but uh, originally it was not an infamous church. It was one of the churches of God. In the example that Jesus gave us on Sunday, there are many vital lessons about the, the, when He washed the disciples' feet, not the least of which is the value of motive and the virtue of doing whatever you do as unto the Lord. Jesus Christ gave the example as He washed the disciples' feet, and it again teaches us many things. But I gave that example and I quoted the old legend that I, that I heard from Erwin Lutzer and I just thought it was fascinating when he told them, as some of you will recall, but some, not everyone was here, when he was walking along with the disciples. Didn't really happen, just a legend, just a story. Walking along with the disciples and he says, hey, pick up some stones. And as they traveled along together, eventually Jesus said, okay, bring out your stones. And they brought out their stones and Jesus turned it to bread for them to eat. Sometime uh, passes after that, and they're walking along again, and said, Jesus tells his disciples again, Hey, fellas, pick up some stones. Now, this time, first time, they picked up small stones. They don't want to be carrying stones around with them. They're walking everywhere they go. But this time, they carry big, the bigger, biggest stones they can handle, right? And then they're walking along, and then finally Jesus says, as they're walking past a, a river, he just says, Okay, fellas, roll your stones into the water. Now, of course, they didn't pick up those big stones because... So that they could roll them into the water. They thought they were going to have a big old fat yeast troll, you know. They thought that Miss Tony was showing up at the house or Sarah Sue. And I don't want to leave out another beautiful bread maker. Uh, but they thought one of them was rolling up with a fresh loaf. That, they thought they were getting a fresh loaf of bread. But Jesus said, no, just roll it into the river. And of course, they're a little distraught at that. Like, seriously? They kind of had expectations. But then Jesus asked the question, for whom, for whom did you carry those stones? See, are you doing what you're doing, carrying what you're carrying? Are you doing it for Jesus or are you doing it for other reasons? And the example when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, it teaches us something wonderful. The value, the importance of the servant that washed the feet in the ancient days. Jesus was trying to teach us that person is not less than you. That slave is not less than you. That job, uh, what you do, does not define who you are and the degree of person you are. In other words, whatever it is that you do and whatever it is that God has called you to do, you couldn't improve on that. He said, well, I don't know. I think it'd be a lot better to be a preacher than to do what I do. No, it wouldn't. 
Because God's not called you to be a preacher. God's called you to the place where you're at. You say, well, you don't understand, I'm not even doing anything. I'm retired or I'm, I'm at home. No, no, no. Listen, if that's where God has you right now, that's where God wants to use you, okay? So that's one of the things we learn. And we learn that through this passage as well. We rarely think about the people who helped Paul to keep on keeping on. Do you believe Paul got discouraged? Do you believe Paul got down? Anybody ever get discouraged and down? Uh, anybody ever feel overwhelmed? Anybody feel like, man, I mean, we all get that way. I know I do. But we don't think about the, the friends that were there with Paul that helped lighten his load. We, we don't think about the people who, man, I can't tell you, man, just the times. People, and this, this is a, maybe just an encouraged message to people on Wednesday night, but man, I hope you'll never underestimate the, the value and the impact of the ministry of presence, of just being here. You don't know what it does to my heart when I see you here and I see you come in. And I know you can't always be here and I know things happen and that's all well and good. But I am just saying, when you do walk in them doors, I'm telling you something, it blesses my heart, amen? It encourages me. When I know you're going through a tough time and you come in and I, and I see you, uh, you know, and I know that, and I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. And whatever it is, or I just look at you in your life, not, not even without church, even in the context. I just think, man, I know they're going through a tough time, but they're still faithful. They're still loving the Lord. They haven't given up. That, yeah, they're going through it, but man, God is helping them through that. And I know that's all of us, right? Because at some time or the other, we're all going through something very difficult, but it's an encouragement to each other, is it not? When you see like, man, they're still going. They're still going. They're being faithful. They're still walking with the Lord. And so we, we don't stop and think about those, the way those things impacted Paul. So in gratitude for their courage and for their noble service in honoring their commitment, in the book of Colossians, these people are forever memorialized as we consider... Some of these people, it reminds me of the ones when, when, when the prophet Elijah thought he was standing all alone. And you remember what God told him? There's 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And so we're just reminded of some of these people around Paul that had not bowed their knees to Baal, who earnestly contended for the faith. What, encourage, what an encouragement for a man of God to be able to consider the men and the women of valor who stand in the face of compromise and political correctness and stand on the truth. And in these verses, these closing verses of Colossians tonight, we have some very encouraging and we have a few cautionary, but we've got some people that are an encouragement and admonition in these verses, all right? I am convinced today, these are people that mattered. These are people that mattered. You don't know too many people today named Tychicus, do you? You don't know too many people named Tychicus or Nymphus. Or, uh, uh, you know, we'll see a few others uh, here in a moment. You don't know any, too many people named that. We don't know these people, but they helped change the world. All right? And so we're going to look at that. And I believe today that God can use you to help change the world. By doing what? We're going to look at justice in a little bit. And Paul just said, man, he sure was a good friend. 
He was a friend. Well, not too many people name their kids Justice just because this dude was a good friend to Paul. And not too many people say, man, I just want to stand up and thank God for Justice in the Bible. My favorite Bible character because he was Paul's friend. Not too many people say that. But it mattered. It helped change the world. And I'm telling you, God can use each of us in the ways that he uses us to help change the world. Have you ever thought about this? I think about it as we're going to read in just a moment. Colossians 4, I think about how that Christianity was not born and bred in ivory towers. Christianity was not born and bred in ivory towers and behind cloistered walls. It is not just a collection of theological propositions. That's not what Christianity is. Folks, the great truths of the faith are incarnated in people. It's been people that have carried this truth forth. God working not through buildings and organizations and, and denominations. It's been individuals that have, been, that have wrapped up these truths of the Word of God and carried them from town to town, from house to house, from job to job, whatever it is, in order to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The extraordinary doctrines of the Christian faith are clothed with flesh and blood. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians uh, 3, verse 2. He said that we are living letters, we are uh, epistles, known and read of all men. Now, without any further delay, we'll meet a couple of these tonight, and we'll conclude next week by meeting the rest of them. First of all, let's look at the man, the faithful Tychicus. The faithful Tychicus, verse, verses 7 through 8. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. The first man that we meet is Tychicus. Toward the end of the book of Acts, we meet him for the first time. He's just mentioned uh, along with some other dudes. He has, he's also mentioned as one of Paul's companions on his third missionary journey. Therefore, he was with Paul during some very challenging times, and he has been with him, if not for Paul's entire captivity, he's been with him for a good portion of his captivity standing by his side. And this is the man who carried Ephesians and Colossians from Rome to uh, Ephesus and Colossae and, and Hierapolis and Laodicea. He's the one who carried the Word of God. Amen? Hey, how about you today? Don't you have the opportunity? We all have the Word of God we can carry, don't we? And just like faithful uh, Tychicus, we can carry the Word of God. We learned something about his character. Number one, his friendship. The Bible says he's a beloved brother. He stood by Paul in the face of danger and death. Folks, Nero was a nut, right? The emperor Nero. Uh, and he was very paranoid. And I'm telling you, he had spies all over the place. So it was very dangerous to be a Christian, number one. It was very dangerous if you were going to be, the, be a, a Christian that was associated with a Christian and a preacher that's already in jail facing the death penalty. Uh, he, they might just decide to put you in there with him. 
but Tychicus stood faithful by Paul's side. He was a beloved brother. He was a faithful friend. But not only his friendship, but also his fellowship. But the Bible says that he was a beloved brother, but his fellowship, he was also a fellow servant. He was a fellow slave. Uh, out and listen he's a fellow slave and he's sold out to the same master they've got the same master that they are serving so he was a fellow servant and uh, and therefore he was a faithful minister this man who served right with the apostle paul so we see his friendship his character but we also see his commission verse 8 that he I sent unto you with the same purpose, all right? So Tychicus, again, he seems to be the one that carried these letters to Asia Minor. He came also to gather some information and to give inspiration. That's what it says right there, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. Now, if you remember, think, let's just go back, try to remember this in a practical way. There's a church in Colossae. This church, it was not founded by the Apostle Paul. He had never been there, uh, to our knowledge. If you remember we back when we did the introduction, but this church would have been started by people that Paul had won to the Lord. However, like many of the other churches in this time, false doctrine began to attack this church. And it's remarkable to me. If you'll just get a grip of what's going on in the, in the early church, it's remarkable how quickly false doctrine begins to attack the church. Man, it is important that we stand and we contend for the faith. It really matters what we believe, and it matters. The Word of God matters. Uh, do, not, do not buy into this whole thing, because it doesn't really matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere. It's amazing to me the things that we say in the religious world that we would never say out in the secular world, Right? I mean, I would never say that about my doctor, for instance. I, I don't matter what he believes or what he knows as long as he's sincere. Well, what if he's one of these old-timers that believes in bloodletting, you know? I know what we need to do. We just need to drain the blood out of your body. You know, did you know, I mean, George Washington would still be alive today had it not been for bloodletting. Did you know that? He wouldn't be alive today. But listen, uh, if they had just read what the Bible says in the book of Leviticus, the life of the flesh is in the blood, buddy. Uh, but, 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 what, but, but what if he's sincere about it? Well, that's fine. But sincerity doesn't make somebody right. Sincerity doesn't make something true. So therefore, within this church, you had false doctrine coming in. And you want to know a sad thing? There were probably some families in the church that were being divided over false doctrine. There were probably some that was going along with this stuff. There may have been some new converts that got swept up into this stuff. The point being... One of the reasons Tychicus was coming to this church, he said, I wanted to come there and comfort you. I wanted to come there and just, just, just give you some consolation, give you some encouragement, and so forth. And so Paul uh, sent Tychicus kind of in his place. So we first meet the faithful Tychicus. But then secondly, we meet the fugitive Onesimus. The fugitive Onesimus, verse number 9. The Bible says, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. <laughs> now this meant a lot in the church, as I've already told you. Onesimus, we see that 
that Tychicus, he was the faithful one. Onesimus was a fugitive. He was the fugitive, the fugitive Onesimus. This was the runaway slave. But I love the way that Paul, because just to put it into context, the runaway slave Onesimus carrying the letter to his master Philemon. Philemon was a member of this church. The best we can tell, Philemon's son was the pastor of this church. And so now all of a sudden, they're talking about a slave, and he's like, oh, he's not just a slave. He don't even talk, call him a slave. He says, he's one of you. He's one of you. And again, to us, whatever. No big deal, not a big statement. To be, but to be saying in the Roman Empire and under the Roman influence, to be able to say that this escaped slave, he's just one of y'all. He's one of the church, man. He, he's just one of our brothers in Christ. That is quite a statement. Not in the Christian world, but in this secular world that they lived in. But he was a runaway slave who was about to do something very unprecedented, and that was return to his master. You know, I thought there was, uh, on his own volition, I thought there was something interesting there. You know, he, this man had been pardoned by God for all his sin, but he still had to face the consequences of, of Rome for what he had done to Philemon. See, conversion does not cancel uh, moral, financial, or social debts. I want to give you a quick example. I can remember uh, b- before I got saved, man, man, we, I, I, I did some bad stuff, ran with some bad people, uh, just punks. But I, I remember uh, one of my friends who made a profession at the same time that I did, uh, I remember that right before that time, uh, he had uh, uh, stole, stolen some stuff. Um, and long story short, uh, do anybody remember the old car phones? The big, I mean, I'm talking about the, all right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, uh, well, so one of the things that, uh, that, that they had stolen, I was with them, so I guess we had stolen, was a car phone. And a bunch of cash that this lawyer left in his car. That was probably the biggest problem. All of a sudden, though, on this one particular day, why am I talking about this? Oh, but I'm, I'm getting to a point, okay? All of a sudden, on a particular day, this, uh, our friend calls us up at my, other, at my other friend's house. It wasn't at my house. And he's like, hey, man, what's up? What's going on? We're like, not much, man. What, 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 what's going on? Uh, he's like, oh, not much, man. Just calling you on my new car phone. He, he's the one that took the car phone. And he's like, uh, dude, you're calling us on that phone? And he, yes, he did. So long story short, uh, this was right around the time when I got saved. <laughs> and I promise you, this whole thing had nothing to do with me getting saved, except maybe the Lord used him a little bit because that dude had a bunch of plain clothes dudes following us around. I'll tell you that, so that was a little creepy. Um, but eventually, uh, eventually, my friend got called in. I didn't get called in because I wasn't directly, it wasn't my phone. Anyway, he got called in, and they asked him, they questioned him. Now, my friend, getting back to where I'm at, he had made a profession of faith. He had uh, claimed to got saved the same night that I did. And so he's sitting there and questioning uh, with the detective. And the detective's like, uh, did, you, uh, did you get into this man's car? Did you take the money? Did you take this phone? And he said, no. I had nothing to do with it. But you want to know what his justification was? This is awful. His justification was, I'm no longer that guy. 
Isn't that beautiful? I'm no longer that guy. That was the old me. I promise you that was his justification for it. Um, I'm saying all that because Onesimus said, you know what? I'm willing to make restitution for the things I've done wrong. Uh, and you say, well, did you make restitution? I didn't. Um, but uh, again, uh, I'm guilty by association, but I can literally say I didn't get a part of that cash. I didn't get a part of that uh, phone. But being there, I didn't have nothing to give back because I didn't have anything, okay? Is that my ma right? There's a statute of limitation on this stuff, I'm sure, so I think I'm fine. But, um, but Onesimus did something. He went back and he took responsibility for what he did. Man, can you imagine that? That seemed like it'd be a long trip. This dude had escaped from slavery now he's going back and paul is saying man i can't tell you for sure what's going to happen but i know philemon uh, i know philemon and 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 i love philemon and philemon and, and, and go read the book of philemon and, and you can learn more about that relationship he's like but i, I believe that philemon's going to treat you like a brother and I'm going to tell him, whatever you've done, put it on my account and the whole thing. Uh, I'll cover it. But then Paul, it's just funny kind of reading it, isn't it? But Paul being a preacher, he pulled the preacher card out and he's like, but you know, I am the person that helped lead you to the Lord. But if you want, if you want to charge me for it, I can, uh, I, I've given you some spiritual things, but if you want to charge me, I will pay. Uh, but it is just kind of funny. Uh, but, uh, but again, I just think that it's cool that this fugitive was willing to return back. And so just because we, don't get, just because we get saved doesn't mean that we shouldn't have to answer for the things that we've done. Uh, you know, they, they talk about like chain gang religion. Never heard of chain gang religion? Anybody talked to in jail is a Christian now? Uh, but some of them, it's, it's, some people get a bad reputation because there are some people that try to act like a Christian hoping that they'll be able to have a lighter sentence or get out on parole quicker or whatever. So it hurts the dudes that really do get saved. I, I, I kind of appreciate, without saying a whole lot about it, I can't speak a whole lot to the, the what, what, what was the dude's name, Son of Sam? What was his actual name? Anybody? Um, can't remember. Uh, but the Son of Sam... Uh, serial killer went around shooting people. I think it was anyway. Uh, he uh, he said he got saved in prison, but the thing that was interesting about it, he said he got saved, but he says I'm not trying to get out. I'm not asking for parole. He said I have killed people. I killed people in cold blood, and I want to face the death penalty. Not trying to get out of it. I got saved. I trusted Christ, but I deserve to pay the penalty of death, and that's what he did. So just kind of remind me of that with Onesimus. Uh, I'll give you this last one for tonight, the third guy that's mentioned. So we see the faithful Tychicus, the fugitive Onesimus. Then thirdly, the fearless uh, Aristarchus. Aristarchus, verse number 10. The Bible says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. Man, I wish I could talk about Marcus, but I'm not going to talk about Marcus tonight. I'll give you a commercial on Marcus, okay, and some homework. But I'll talk about... Uh, Aristarchus, all right? He was a native of Thessalonica and a faithful companion of the Apostle Paul. Again, he also came along on Paul's third missionary journey. He was. Now think about this. Do you, if you read the book of Acts, many of you may remember or recall the big riot that took place in Ephesus when, uh, when the girl, you know, got saved and 
Uh, God turned, messed up their money. And so the silversmiths and all those people, are getting, there was a big old riot. Well, uh, Aristarchus was one of the people, Demetrius and the silversmiths, he was one of the people that was caught up in the riot and almost was killed by the mob during the riot there that took place in Acts chapter number 19, if you want to read about that. He was also with Paul during the shipwreck of Acts 27. He currently sat with Paul in a Roman prison, no doubt awaiting certain death at the hands of Nero. The fearless Aristarchus. Man, so you've got the faithful Tychicus who carried the word of God. You've got the fugitive Onesimus that was willing to also carry a letter from uh, the word of God and live up and face up to the consequences that he may, that may be, be before him. But the fearless Aristarchus, think about that. Somebody who would not back down. Let me tell you something. True, how many of you know Christianity is not for the faint of heart? Uh, I mean, man, listen, I, I have a ton of respect for people who stick by the stuff, like Aristarchus. Because I'm telling you right now, if you've been saved any amount of time, you're sitting on them chairs right now, and you could sing along with me tonight through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. Listen, you're a warrior for Christ. You're a soldier for Christ. You're saying, I'm feeling pretty beat up. That's because you're in the battle. But you're here. Amen. Or you're there listening. You might be pretty beat up. You might be pretty back down. But let me tell you something. You're a soldier for Christ. Aristarchus was fearless. He stood with Paul. He was a man of valor. And it wasn't a deal to where uh, Aristarchus, um, it, it, you know, the, the thing about people that are, I say, fearless, Really, that may not be the best word because people of men of valor, you know, you read about these Medal of Honor recipients and, and different ones of that nature. Man, those dudes will tell you, many of them will tell you they were scared to death. But the, but the courage comes from overcoming that fear for a greater purpose. Overcoming that fear for a greater cause. And that cause in the case of Aristarchus was the cause of Christ. Listen, Christianity is not for the faint of heart. You know, I, sometimes young people get, uh, are, are given a hard time about not, maybe not standing up for Christ in school. Worried about what people will say. Worried about what people will think. It's not just teenagers that struggle with that. And, 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 and I understand it's a battle because it's not just a cultural battle. It's a spiritual battle. Satan wants you to keep your mouth shut if you're a teenager. Satan wants you to keep your mouth shut if you're an old dude like me or even older dude like Ronnie. Uh, he wants you to keep your mouth shut, all right? Uh, I don't know if I've ever picked on Ronnie. That was fun. He deserves it, all right? But uh, uh, listen, right? And so we go through these battles, and the one thing I want to encourage you on is Aristarchus understood that he was a, he, he was a small part of something big. When you're out in that battlefield, when you're out in that battlefield tomorrow, when you're out in that battlefield next week, please don't forget that you're a soldier for Christ. Please don't forget that you're a part of something greater, a small part of something really big. Be like Aristarchus and say, you know what? I'm going to keep on going. 
And, and, and there he is with the Apostle Paul now as a fellow prisoner. And I'm telling you, by the grace of God, I believe that we can be faithful and we can continue to stand. And again, I'm looking at some people that I look up to tonight because I know you've stood, much like Aristarchus has, through many dangerous toils and snares. And then I'll, uh, I'll close just by mentioning Marcus. Uh, look what it says there in verse number 10, because I just want you to see this. And Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom you receive commandment, if he come unto you, receive him. Um, now, who do we, uh, who is it understood that this Marcus is? Anybody just from those hints? So he's Marcus, sister, son to Barnabas, touching whom? This is the same Marcus. What's Marcus? We don't want to call him Marcus. We just want to call him Mark, John Mark. The one that Barnabas thought we should take, Barnabas, uh, but not Paul. And so if, if you don't know much about that, I hope you'll read about it. Look, go, if you would, please. Here's your homework. Good, fun homework. It'll help you. Acts 15, 36. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. Just a few verses, five verses. And God includes a not very nice thing that happened between two men of God, two brothers in Christ that had a falling out, that had a falling out over Marcus. Over Marcus. Paul didn't want nothing to do with Marcus. He was done with him. But just another hint, there's, there's minimal debate on this. It's mostly accepted that this is the Marcus, the John Mark, that is the same one who wrote the Gospel of Mark. That's this guy. So there he is standing with Paul. So just, just go back, get a grasp on uh, some of those things considering Marcus, all right? And so we'll see that Marcus was the forgiven, the forgiven and the forgiver. And uh, all right, well, um, God bless you tonight. Uh, let's all stand and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Here's the way I want to close out tonight, okay? As we dismiss, here's the way I just want to close out with a thought to you tonight. These are some, there may be among us tonight. No, there are certainly among us tonight a Tychicus. There's an Aristarchus here tonight. There's an there's a Onesimus maybe here tonight, a Justice. Wherever you are tonight, I want you to know, man, stay faithful. When you're on your job, when you're in your home, when you're with your kids, when you're with your patients, when you're with your classmates, wherever it is that you are, I want you to remember something. And Danny, you can begin to play softly. I want you to remember something. That you're, going to, that you're being watched and you're going to be remembered. You're going to be remembered. Now, you may not be remembered by many people in this world. But I'm telling you, heaven knows. God's going to keep your name. And I'm telling you, won't it be a wonderful day when we get a good heavenly shout out? Deidre. Who's Deidre? Who's Deidre? Deidre, you were faithful. Who? Help Point Baptist Church. Which one is that? Oh, that's the one that was faithful to come up here and work and clean with a great attitude. Amen? That's who, that's who that was. You see, uh, and, and God sees your service. He sees shame. 
says, you know what? He was faithful at work. He kept a good attitude when it wasn't easy to keep a good attitude. He worked hard. He, uh, he did what he could. Shame. Man, that's shame. You see what I'm saying? There's not a lot of people, because I'm telling you right now, in the big, in the big scheme of the world, uh, listen, there's not a whole lot of people who know who Jesse Haley is, right? But I'm telling you, heaven knows. And, uh, and so, so, so one day, I'm just saying, you're going to be recognized. Well, I don't do it to be recognized. That's fine. Don't do it to be recognized. It's a good idea. But it doesn't mean you're not going to get recognized. My, my point is, you're going to get a shout out one day. So I want to encourage you to be faithful. Uh, Demas is another one of the men that were mentioned here. But man, he wasn't so faithful. He wasn't so faithful. He loved this present world. He got distracted. Got distracted. For him, it wasn't false doctrine. It was just the world. It was just the world. So, hey, you're going to get a shout out one day, man. Be faithful. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, that you keep up. I guess just kind of like Joe Gibbs gave all those boys a championship ring and girls. Lord, we're going to get to celebrate in what you won and the victories you accomplished. Because honestly, we know just like with these men that we just read about, what was accomplished in their lives was accomplished through the working of the Holy Spirit of God the Word of God, but it was as they gave in, as they allowed, as they was conformed, not to the world, but they were transformed by the renewing of their minds, dear Lord. Will you help us to be faithful just in whatever it is? If it's carrying a letter, if it's just being a friend to somebody, if it's just facing the music, if it's just doing the right thing. Lord, you said that... Uh, that if we're not faithful in little, we won't be faithful in much. But if we are faithful in the small things, we'll also be faithful in the big. So help us to learn to be faithful in all the little things, Lord. And realize the little things really aren't that little after all. Help us, dear God, I pray. We love you and we thank you tonight in Jesus' name.